Hi guys, so welcome back to Self Over Sickle. Um, we're recording from our homes and I'm here with... Janika Leah. Hi, I'm Stefan. Um, so today we're going to be talking about our experiences living through this pandemic of COVID-19, the changes and the different things that we've been experiencing. And so literally first thing I was going to touch on is how have you guys been managing? What changes have you seen or how was it like even hearing the news of all of this? <laughs> I think for me, it was uh, expected. I was always expecting it. You know, when it was going on, like it's in China, it's here, it's there. I was thinking it's going to get worse. But because, so I'm actually recovering from hip surgery. So I had an operation on my hip in February, the, the 5th of February. So between the 5th of February and then when we kind of got the official like official announcement, which was, I think, was it the 23rd of March? Some, something around that something time. Around that time yeah. When I got the letter or the text message to say, you are high risk, you have to stay inside. <laughs> I'd already been in, I think between the 5th of Feb and that day, I'd left my house perhaps four times just because I physically couldn't, like, wasn't able, I wasn't mobile. So it was, in a way, I was kind of like, I shouldn't say this, people probably hate me, but I was a little bit, glad because I felt like I wasn't missing anything by not being able to go out mm-hmm. but now obviously it's like weeks and weeks and weeks months later <laughs> it is it's it's not you know it's not that great it's not great what about you, <laughs> um for myself I think I was had a similar um viewpoint where it was expected um I knew what was coming and even if even if they weren't putting everyone down, um, putting everyone in, into a lockdown, I was planning on staying home anyway, just because the nature of my workplace, people travel all the way up to Europe, um, Asia, and they'll come back to London. So I didn't want to put myself at risk. Uh, and I think a few people in the company got it, a few people in the area um, was infected as well. So the whole company decided to shut down. Um, I work for an American company, so I think because it's so bad in America, they've uh, just said, hey, globally, we're going to make sure that all our employees are fine, stay home, work from home. Mm. And I was super happy I could work from home because going to the office every day, all through the winter period, was killing me. Um, So I was super happy in the beginning. But um, it started to become a roller coaster because my body wasn't used to being in one place indoors every day. So I was having weird flare-ups, crisis, um, flare-ups of my AVN. Um, I was just having weird symptoms. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like I've settled. I'm going out more, trying to get more fresh air. But yeah, my body's just not used to it. And I just need to get back into my old routine. Mm-hmm. It's been a great rest. It's uh, been a great period for me to just kind of refresh and look at what I'm doing for the rest of the year. So I've enjoyed that aspect of it. Wow. In regards to like myself personally, um, seeing it just 
in all honesty, I think I didn't take it as seriously in the beginning. I remember we were talking in the group chat. <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay. Like, I don't think I was researching enough or hearing enough information. So I was so calm in the beginning. But once everything started to become very formal, very serious, I started getting letters sent to my house. I was just like, okay. You know, even my doctor, so on one of the, the last days when I went out, my doctor said to me, she saw me at work and she was just like, Mary, what are you doing here? Like, you're supposed to be indoors. And so I was like, okay, this is my last day out, don't worry. Um, and in all honesty, I think, looking back in hindsight, I wish I could have told myself, like, Mary, <laughs> take this a bit more seriously. Um, but, you know, in terms of changes, it's just crazy to know that people are, like, everyone is stuck indoors. I mean, like, prior, when I was always unwell, it was me in the hospital, everyone's living their life. I'm like not sure what to do I can't really I'm not communicating as much with them because everyone's busy um so it's interesting to see like everyone is stuck in this bubble and seeing the ways that everyone is trying to utilize this time or what ways they've come up with like managing the time but in terms of what you oh yeah I was gonna say you know because you mentioned like with people I found it really interesting that obviously we're probably used to being indoors when we're not feeling well and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but because everyone else is now also inside I initially like within the first two weeks I found it so overwhelming everyone was facetiming me (laughs) calling me and I was like whoa (laughs) you like just can't be doing that like like, I was getting tired I know we spoke about that Mary or you mentioned it like did you guys notice the same thing yeah, it was just it's overwhelming amounts of people calling, messaging, FaceTiming. It's like the world's not ending. Um, can we just <laughs> <laughs> chill? Like honestly. Honestly. Uh, but it's been fascinating seeing how everyone else is experiencing this. Mm-hmm. And I'm just here, you know, chilling, living my life. Not much different. We've experienced this on and off all through yeah. our lives. Yeah. Um but everyone else went into absolute meltdown. Um so that's been it's been interesting to watch honestly yeah, and think, oh, yeah so i've just i literally i think i had to have moments where i shut off my phone everything my phone my laptop yeah um just to get a break from everyone trying to reach out mm-hmm. i've done that as well like yeah. i had a week of no phone no laptop i didn't really work or anything either and i think since then it's been nice like i think I just kind of said to people, oh, I'm just having a bit of a break. And then since then, people have kind of been, you know, messaged here and there, but it's kind of calmed down. But I definitely had to do that. It was getting too much. Yeah. I just think in, in the time when I used to, like, have to be in hospital or I'd be at home bed bound, I think I wished for being able to communicate with other people. But sometimes like, you have to be careful what you wish for because when it comes in a storm... And then another thing for me personally is that, you know, old flames or old people that you just have locked off and they're not supposed to like, be coming back into your life, decide that they want a message and like reconnect. And you're just oh, popping up out of boredom. Yeah. yeah. I, I had to even message someone to be like, literally, is it because of quarantine that you decided to look through your contact list to get in yeah. contact? It's becoming an almost like an excuse. And it's like, you know, that just wanted to check on you with everything going on. Uh, mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in terms of, because um, I think Stefan, you mentioned in terms of like health wise, um, I did notice that potentially the the shift between like being out and trying and um, being a bit more active to shifting and being a bit more 
sedentary I've noticed has been playing up with the way my body's been reacting to things and then even let's say the stress of trying to manage okay how much time do I give to people I've been just trying to collaborate like calibrate it to the point where I'm finding a good balance so it's like learning how to reconstruct um my time in a sense it's just something trying to work on really um yeah so also in terms of like um healthcare wise what do you think has changed in terms of your healthcare experience being having everything in terms of covid happening i think for me personally it's it's forced um quite a few changes in my healthcare where i usually have a set this this disconnect between the hospital and my gp and since the hospital is not really kind of opening up and doing too much i've had to go to my gp a lot more for medication mm. and in the past um, i've had issues with my gp giving my medication and my prescriptions so i've really had to sit down and sort things out between the gp and the hospital and streamline streamline that and all the holes and the the weird bits that was going on i've had to kind of fix so i'm hoping moving forward that um stays the same and the gp doesn't go back to not doing certain things and the hospital only doing certain things and hope, hoping that i have that um, ease of access that i do now to my mm. medication um in terms of going to the day unit that's been tricky uh again mentioning my flare-ups i had to go in mm-hmm. but there was no staff on the day unit so i had to go through a and d um, yeah, which is crazy. Quickly, yeah. How did you get to the day unit? How did you? No, I didn't. Oh. I didn't get to the day unit at all. Oh, seriously? Um, okay. to, yeah, there was no one available for the day unit, so I had to go through A and D. To give context to day unit, by the way, for people that just may not know. Okay, so the day unit is a ward that um, those with um, that needs no. It's a war that those who need exchanges, transfusions, and also just general care with their um, crisis, if they can't manage at home, mm-hmm. they'll go to the day units. The day units open, I think, between sort of like nine to five. Mm-hmm. And you go there, you have your bed, mm-hmm. and you're treated by the nurses on that ward. Mm-hmm. However, the day unit that is within my hospital is, is quite small. I think it only has about six beds on it and then you have sofas that people sit on to have their transfusions and exchanges mm-hmm. yeah and i think they've had to kind of use that for other purposes and um go with with covid and it hasn't been as active um so i i wanted to go to get checked out by one of the doctors because i was experiencing a lot of weird symptoms that i haven't experienced before mm-hmm. so I got told to come in and when I went in they said you had to come in to the A&E because the day unit's not taking anyone. What type of risk? Uh, I just don't understand. I, <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Honestly. But continue. <laughs> so yeah, um it was actually really quiet. Um there was what if I can remember four or five people in what A&E. This was about two weeks ago. Yeah, it was recent. Oh, okay, okay. Because yeah. <laughs> we know back in the day that would not be the case. You'll be in a <laughs> line and there'll be so many people. By the time you get nah, seen, 
five people and they had like corridors blocked off so certain people can't, can't work, walk through certain corridors so it took longer to get to certain areas and then when you do get to a certain area um, there's certain seats you can't sit on um, and I think like distancing the social distancing, distancing. yeah okay. mm-hmm. and everyone is wearing masks gloves they're handing out masks as well when you get there, uh, when you take off your gloves to have obs, they're making you wear new sets of gloves. You don't put on the same set of gloves. Okay. And you see them wipe down the, like... Bit. Yeah, they wipe it down. Okay. Yeah. So they, right. they do it in front of you. Yeah. And on top of that, afterwards, you go and wash your hands. Okay. So, so then you go... Yeah. Is, mm-hmm. um, they're very careful. Mm-hmm. and they know what they're doing so I wasn't too concerned once I saw that going on and the cleaning and the mask mm-hmm. um they were very considerate of others that's good because I remember back yeah. in, beforehand it was a situation where mat- you want them to be meticulous that way and mm-hmm. because of time and not enough like people around you just see them do things like where they just not clean things properly and it just used to irk me so it's, it's good to hear <laughs> that you had yeah decent experience in that case Um. you know what i think that this whole thing even though it's it's sad that it's had to take something like this for them to pay attention to these things which i find really important like i am the worst when it comes to like germs and it's like it's like i can see them so if i see someone (laughs) even the blood pressure thing if i see the person before me and they come around with that i'm like and they haven't wiped it down yeah i'm like wait i don't have my jumper on or i need to put my hoodie on first before they're like we can't do it yes you can i've been doing my (laughs) i am the worst so i think that these are things that they should continue because it just shows how yeah are spread Mm -hmm. and if we are you know more at risk not just because of covid but in general in terms of things like flu and other infections they should be this careful anyway mm. so i think that's one good thing that i hope will come from covid i hope so too honestly because i remember getting in a massive argument with a nurse because she didn't want to like wipe down stuff and you know me i don't like confrontation <laughs> to that extent but also like i'm sorry please just wipe um, so I do hope post that they will continue with this and yeah. they just keep, because it just, hopefully it just becomes part of the social norm. It should be, but you get so many people that try and cheat it and be like, no, this is, it's fine. It's okay, we haven't got time, whatever. Yeah. But Mine's been a bit, um, different. I wouldn't say, because I mentioned that I had surgery, I was meant to have loads of kind of like post-operative checkups so I was meant to go for an x-ray I was meant to start physio and all that kind of stuff and obviously because of everything that's happening all of my appointments were cancelled so mm. it's been a bit of a annoyance in that sense because I think my recovery has just been taken far longer than it would have if I had all of those things um are you but, getting phone calls yeah but I mean the phone call can't determine how yeah. my bones are healing what's going true, on to get me <laughs> so it's yeah. just been a bit but I do because I've been hearing obviously I think initially there was a lot of you know it was panic fear all that kind of stuff whereas you know the hospitals are heaving I've been hearing now it's a lot quieter that's why I asked Stefan when you went yeah I think it's a lot quieter now because they've been saying people are not actually going to A&E for you know simple mm-hmm. things like one minute they're complaining because they've got too many people 
next minute they're playing because there's not enough. <laughs> but I've kind of seen that as like my way. So I've made, an, I've got a telephone appointment coming up and hopefully I'll be able to go in for like an x-ray and just to see what's going on. But the telephone appointments are definitely good. And I think that that's something that they should consider, you know, to keep mm-hmm. because where like the hospital is from where I, well, it's not that bad now because I've moved, but before I used to have to, it's just a journey and a half to get to the hospital. And sometimes mm-hmm. like, I know I need to go for my checkup. I don't want to be put down as like a DNA or we haven't mm-hmm. had like, you know, a follow up, but it's so long for me to go for you to look at me and say, well, how are you? <laughs> and then, you know, you do three things and then that's it. So I think that sometimes they should perhaps allow you to check in, whether it's over the phone or visually, and as long as you haven't got any serious symptoms. I know, of course, if you need blood tests and stuff, then that's mm-hmm. unavoidable. But yeah. in the situations when you're well, I think that they should kind of allow that, you know, just have a little check-in, phone appointment, and then that, that, sh- that should be allowed. I think, hope that's something that they continue to, to do as well. But so in terms of, to ask about your recovery, so in terms of the things, you, are you potentially having to do more of the things yourself at home, let's say in terms of physio, how is that, like what well, information are you getting about that? Oh. To be honest, I got nothing. I'm, I'm a bit disappointed. I'm not going to, wow. you know, I'm not going to, you know yeah sugar i'm not gonna say because i i i think a part of me understood that it was crazy in the beginning and so i did you know say i haven't been referred to physio to be honest i didn't even get referred for my follow-up appointment so after my operation i was meant to have an appointment six weeks after that didn't even get done i had to contact them to say hello it's been six weeks what's going on and they said oh you know they hadn't made an appointment so i can appreciate that there was a lot going on in the beginning. It must have been crazy for you mm-hmm. know everyone in the healthcare healthcare system. So mm-hmm. I'll let that kind of slide. But I haven't had like the physio exercises that I've been doing. I actually contacted a few people that I know that do physio, and I kind of mm-hmm. done like a, a thing on my Instagram saying like you know I've had no referral. The hospital have not followed up with me. Does anyone, can anyone give me some help or advice? And yeah. someone got in touch with me and was like, what, they asked me what surgery I had. And then they said, these are the, are the exercises you should be doing mm-hmm. three times a day. Da, da, da. So I've kind of had to take, you know, that into my own hands and I've been doing that. But I think I'll, now that things have calmed down, I'll see how that's going. So it's definitely, I think it slowed the pace a lot and also, just from like Stephen, you said you mentioned like your hip, the avian in your hips has been playing up because you're less active anyway. Like just mm-hmm. sitting down, there's there's not much to do and not places you can go. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. a bit hard. But um, especially especially when the guidance or the guidelines is like you actually shouldn't leave your house, then it's like yeah, it's a bit frustrating in regards to thinking about. I mean, you would, it's not, it's all right to move around your house, but there's only so much you can do. So I get in terms of the frustration of that. Um, Wow. But it's good to hear your, you guys' experiences in terms of um, how you're coping with or managing in regards to healthcare and what's changed. Um, Because even for myself, I think when I first started to realise this was getting serious, I was thinking in my head, all right, well, thank goodness I'm already quite like close with my CNS, so my clinical nurse specialist. Yeah, I'm really close with her, so I can like pick up the call, um, pick up the phone, call her, and if I need help, um, 
she's potentially there. But it's a bit unfortunate because she's the only one. So I sometimes do get a bit be like, let me not give her too much hassle um, because she'll hear from me, then my sister, then my mom, then my other sister. She doesn't be here for everyone. So just like, let's tell her what we need to. But um, one thing that I liked was that I'm going to have a, a meeting with my um, consultant, a Zoom call. So I was kind of happy about that because we've, before the COVID, before COVID happened, um, with my doctors, we like to try and do things a bit differently. So I wouldn't always see them in the hospital. I would tend to go and see her in the center that's closer to my house. So it kind of removed that massive clinical setting, tried different approaches into the way we communicated about stuff I was dealing with, um, more like uh, tailored to my experience. Um, so I like that. And so being able to now utilize this time and shift it over to Zoom, um, I think I think she she also understands I'm quite a visual person, so she's like, "All right, let's work with those cues that Mary's that helps Mary." Um, so we're about to do that, but I do hope, as you mentioned, that these type of things can continue because there are sometimes where I just yeah. don't or cannot be asked to go all the way to the hospital. It's just, especially when it's like, "Oh, how are you doing? How are things?" This can definitely be done either on the phone. Well, there's or nothing serious to discuss or nothing yeah. and the issue with me is that there's multiple issues in a sense okay I've got my eye so the sickle retinopathy I will go for an appointment with that then I've got the exchanges then I've got if it's the chronic pain then I've got psychologists it's all like oh, how many appointments do I want to go to so if some of them can be shifted over to like virtual or phone mm -hmm. I'm always gassed about that so I've also started doing clinical psychology appointments regularly this time now with my psychologist because before yeah. <laughs> yeah before I had to like go and see her and I just felt like I can't add this to my list of everything else that I'm dealing with. What it's worth sometimes. Yeah. yeah so it's nice to be on the phone with her and I feel a bit more opened in a sense I don't have to like see her for some reason that actually helps for me to like dig deeper and like express some of the stresses or worries so in terms of that being different and then allowing me to be a bit more regular and working on the like emotional or mental stresses that I'm dealing with having this condition you know um is I think that's what's helped during COVID but the main thing was the blood exchange I was all like oh my days am I gonna like what's gonna happen with that um I remember there was a time where I stopped my exchange myself and this was prior to COVID, and the results showed that it wasn't worth making such massive gambles like that. So um, it was all like, okay, am I going to continue during this time? Or are they going to like stop it? What's going to happen? But because I'm at UCLH, they're totally fine with continuing it. Um, and so they've just how's that been? Like you going for your exchanges and stuff? Has, is it same like Stefan said? Everyone's just more careful, and like is it the same pretty much? Um, so. It's, it's a bit different in a sense. I mean, thank goodness, UCLH, I've always thought like it's always great in terms of how the care is in comparison to my normal hospital. That sounds so bad. Anyway, point. <laughs> okay, so in terms of the care, yeah, in terms of certain aspects, I've just always felt like UCLH has a specific standard that they like try to keep to. Not that everything's perfect down there, but um, now they've just got. Better P they've got PEE equipment. Is it PPE? Whatever. PPE, yeah. Yeah, PPE. PPE. <laughs> they've got PPE. <laughs> PPE. 
Yeah, I'm going to edit this out, but yeah. PPE equipment and so with that literally they've got the guards on the face and everything's covered um so they are a bit more cautious um with it and because they're constantly dealing with blood it's just not that it can be transferred through transfusions anyway but they are just being a bit more careful and they'll call me up they'll say the day before like are you what did they yeah they called me up the day before how are you getting there do you need a cab because I drive, I didn't need one. And I was going to consider getting a cab with my sister because we go to the blood exchanges together. I was going to consider doing it. Then she was like, right, but Mary, there's another person driving. Do you really want to <laughs> add yeah. extra stress um, or worry to your mind? So I just was like, no, nope. let me just drive myself. Um, so they'll call you up. They'll make sure like you don't have a temperature. They'll ask you so many questions. You can't get into the building without getting all the questions right. You know, and then you go upstairs, <laughs> have the exchange. It's pretty much this, the routine is the same, but you've got extra things in place that kind of a bit weird. I won't lie, but it's part of the process. And the hospital is empty. I've never in my life seen a hospital so empty. It's it's like a ghost town. But yeah, those are the differences, you know. So it's fair okay, to say wow. like different for everyone's had their own experience, but I think across the board, obviously, hospitals are quiet now, which I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, interesting. Yeah, in regards to even hospitals being a ghost town, I don't know if I prefer it that way or not. It sounds so weird, but I think I'm just so used to them being buzzy and like, you know, full of life, even though most people think <laughs> <laughs> that hospitals aren't, you know. Um, uh. I don't know what else? Um, so, what are your thoughts though um, going forward in regards to this whole COVID? What is your hopes? In a sense, um, my hopes, um, I think pretty much touching it, hopefully that the ease of access to our services continue, um, whether it's Zoom calls, phone calls, um, and hopefully that, yeah, moving forward, they're more considerate in terms of hygiene and how we're treated inside a crisis, outside of a crisis. And I'm hoping that just moving forward that the guidelines does change to really help help the nurses understand what they need to do when dealing with people who are immuno is it immuno um, deficient not deficient yeah um, <laughs> also mm-hmm. I think for me um, working conditions also um, are more <sighs> flexible yeah um, since I've been working from home since the lockdown started and it's contributed to my rest, contributed to how I, I push my body. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully that I'm able to negotiate something with our workplaces, hopefully other circulars as well, able to negotiate something with their workplace um, in giving them flexible work. Mm-hmm. Yes, flexible work, honestly. Um, Jen? I think, yeah, definitely the whole work thing. I, we're probably going to have to cover that in another topic because... yeah. yeah. definitely yeah with with that and I think mostly what Stefan said like you know having more consideration for us guys has been like higher risk of you know catching infections and things like that and the way that we can have access to kind of like our consultants and stuff over the phone over zoom instead of having to actually travel and I think I hope people in general are just more aware of 
I don't want to say germs, but like just aware of how things spread because as someone mm. that's just like always so like I'm just so like mindful of all these things. Like if I hear people sneeze, I'm like, oh my God, I've got to run. Like that's just the only way. So mm. I think now with people, you know, having to wear masks and things like that, I'm not saying that everyone should have to wear masks because I know I was speaking to some people and they were saying that they find it hard to breathe when it's like, you know, when you've got the mask on for long periods of time and stuff. So I'm not sure if there'll be a get around that. But I just think a lot of people are are more aware of kind of the environment, cleanliness and all these kinds of stuff. So I'm happy that people are more aware of this. And I hope that people continue to wash their hands and wash things and clean surfaces and do all this good stuff. Yeah, honestly, I agree with you guys both, like in terms of things that hopefully can be implemented in the future. And just even the notion, one last point is to the people who have now been having to socially distance or socially isolate and have to be in a space of not being able to do what they want to do all the time. To be able to just be, they might be able to see or have a bit more compassion. So the times where, you know, a person with a long-term health condition or illness has to, you know, be stuck in they just get to understand that experience a bit more meaning they might be able to connect have a bit more compassion to the to the situation you know sometimes people used to make jokes like oh you just lie down or I don't know how to describe it it's just to see that I wish I could explain this point better but just that people could have a bit more they get they understand the experience part of the experience and just a bit more compassionate um but this has been great topics great talking um and then honestly hopefully we can touch on a bit more later on in the future um so tell us guys where we can find you guys on socials as well before we go uh i am at just jaylea on every single social media platform mm-hmm. i'm taylor underscore mxde on instagram mm-hmm. um and then i'm professional patient or Mary Adette but I'm always on the professional patient social media stuff um but yes hope you guys enjoyed um definitely check out our other podcast um other things that have been posted on our socials and we'll be back shortly bye yes bye okay bye